All right, so listen, hear me out. Now remember, this is just between you and me, all right? And by you, the listener, who this is, this frequency in particular is only being received by you. I'm very glad it's not being received by man behind the machine. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm ducked down behind a bookshelf in a zoo out here, man. At any time, I could get attacked by a puma, man. But listen, I've tapped into it. I realize that the movie War Games, it's, it's, it's all coming together, man. The movie War Games is based on the real-life reality of man behind the machine, man. No, man behind the machine is not the little boy. He's the computer artificial intelligence itself. Now listen, don't let this get out. Don't let this get out and don't let man behind the machine hear this recording. May the force be with you. There's a meteorite in the ground near you. Oh, it's okay. That is the system, and I'm sure Skywalker is with me. We have found an Imperial Walker. Well, it used to be that if you wanted to get a computer to do something new, you would have to program it. Now, programming, for those of you who haven't done it yourself, requires laying out in excruciating detail every single step that you want the computer to achieve, to do in order to achieve your goal. Now, if you want to do something that you don't know how to do yourself... Today, intelligent machines are all so around us. They're doing things that mimic human senses and brain power. Doing them well. They tutor us in a host of subjects. They translate to and from dozens of languages. We now have true automobiles. The same way. And robots. Some with exquisite mechanical skills. Some rather like us. Some with limited but very practical brain power to direct them. In 1950, With the intelligent machines were still a dream, the a vision of, of what might be. Can be pre -recorded and stored in the computer for One later of the use. visionaries was a brilliant British mathematician who argued that electronic computers could and Here someday would achieve intelligence. The sound can be he proposed a scenario to recognize it. Quickly the Turing test says that if a being. human being communicating with a hidden human and a hidden machine is can't tell which is which, we can conclude that the machine is intelligent. Using computer language, he is describing a melody he wants to use in a composition. 
This melody by Bach is one we've already heard. The computer can help manipulate this melody in many ways. By using a switch, the composer can instruct the computer to play the melody This computer had beaten the Connecticut state champion. So Arthur Samuel was the father of machine learning, and I have a great debt to him because I am a machine learning practitioner. Uh, I was the president of Kaggle, a community of over 200,000 machine learning practitioners. Kaggle puts up competitions to try and get them to solve previously unsolved problems, and has been successful hundreds of times. So from this vantage point, I was able to find out a lot about what machine learning can do in the past, can do today, and what it could do in the future. Perhaps the first big success. Three this men melody began a collaboration to create heard. a machine the capable of logical thought. This melody in many ways. Governed by the by principles switch, of symbolic logic, their program, called the Logic Theorist, recreated proofs at the foundations of mathematics, and even created one proof better than the mathematician's version. Astonishing! In the summer of 1956, mathematics professor John McCarthy hosted a conference at Dartmouth College. His invitation expressed a remarkably strong opinion of what the field might aspire to. I don't mean the machines will behave like machines really think. Even the scientists. Can machines really think? Even the scientists argue that one. I'm convinced that machines can and will think. I don't mean the machines will behave like men. I don't think for a very long time we're going to have a difficult problem distinguishing a man from a robot. And I don't think my daughter will ever marry a computer. But I think that computers will be doing the things that men do when we say they're thinking. I'm convinced that machines can and will think in our lifetime. I confidently expect that within a matter of 10 or 15 years, something will emerge from the laboratories which is not too far from the robot of science fiction fame. Listening to music into composing for um, motion pictures using computer technology. This technology is revolutionizing music. But you can't access consciously, like this, but any conceivable sound um, can be taken as raw material and can be combined and built up to create soundtracks ranging from sound effects to space music. To find out how electronic music is created, Let's the attendees argued energetically about everything, but they agreed on the name of the exciting new field they would define and lead. Artificial Intelligence, AI. The AI pioneers believed computers would quickly achieve most of the characteristics of human intelligence. In response to this optimism and the spur of Cold War competition, the government poured millions into undirected basic AI research at multiple research centers. New computer languages were designed specifically to optimize AI's logic programming. Programming 1980, 40 years after the AI algorithms and techniques began to grow. Computers were given senses and taught about the real world. 
For some 15 years, AI research enjoyed a golden age. Success seemed inevitable. Non-biologic, the government poured millions into AI's logic programming. A toolkit of AI algorithms and techniques began to grow. Scientists were building success remains un by the mid 19 or thinking Alan we're looking at a machine refocused again, inventing ways to deal with probably synthesizer can create and alter sounds. We got the movies refrigerator nerd. comic book stuff I'd be in the I don't know if I really enjoy the Star Wars thing because it's so so crowded and expensive and stuff so uh, I, I mean I don't know I, I'd want to build a lightsaber but uh, oh so you're a big Star Wars fan the original not a big one the original stuff but yeah not a, not massive but like nerd I'd want to build a lightsaber like yeah. I'd, I'd like I'd like to I'd like to go through the experience of building a custom saber but I don't know if I I don't know I could get like I get really nerdy about wanting like full replica stuff, like like real good stuff. Yeah. So then I'd be like, I've seen what people come home with from there, and I'm like, it's fine, but it's not the one I want. And then like I just buy it from someplace else to get like the real one. Right. Like my brother-in-law has like Luke Skywalker's from Return of the Jedi, and it, this thing is it weigh, like the hilt itself weighs like ten pounds, like it's heavy, and then it has a really good blade. And they can change multiple colors, but like the true green color is, it's like picture, or it's like movie quality perfect. Like when you, in the dark, it turns on and everything. It looks exactly like Really? And, and it's like, and it's not like um, one of those weird things where it's like, you know, like for some of them, for all the wiring and the cable, like they're kind of thicker and like they don't, like they look like it, but they're not truly thin where yeah. they're supposed to be thin. Like it's not replica quality, but his is. It's like, I'm like, I don't know how, I was like, how much did you spend on this thing? He goes like, "You want to know the real price? What I told Michelle it cost." <laughs> and I was just like, uh, "Can you tell me the, tell me the Michelle price?" He goes, "Michelle believes it was two hundred dollars. It may have been seven hundred dollars for this thing. Uh, it was. I mean, it's it's really nice. It's really really nice." So you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, I'm more of a Star Trek thing. Oh, you're like, Trekkie. So, yeah. So like, Colin and I like when we first met, we like bonded over Star Trek. So like. Like, cause like we were introducing ourselves and kind of like the girls were playing in my house and I was kind of showing Colin the, around or whatever in my home office because I work from home, whatever like that. That's kind of where all my nerd crap just kind of sits around or whatever like that. Still the few pieces I still have. But like in my office, I have like this thing that I bought from all of America like 30 years ago because they used to have like a Starlog, yeah. the old Starlog magazine. They used to have a store here. Oh. They used to have Starlog store what? here. They used to have one. It's Whoa. closed long ago, but like Starlog had a store here, and it's where you could buy all, all the comic book stuff, Star Trek, Star Wars. Games? What about games for computers? Games for they sold okay. games, but they sold like memorabilia. So I have like a like a marble thing with signed pictures of Picard, of of Shatner uh, and Picard on it together, or whatever like that. So it's like, and it's got like the plaque on it that says like number one, you know, sixteen forty whatever of out of twenty five hundred, and it's signed by Shatner and Stewart. 
whatever. And so Colin saw that. He goes like, do you, do you like that stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah. He goes like, oh, me too. It's like, thank God. <laughs> There's awesome. somebody in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so he and I would just like text each other and nerd out during certain things. We like, did you watch Picard? It's really good. Like the last season's really good. Like, I had the Star Trek game for Commodore 64. I was playing it recently. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's great. I am. Um, I'm I, not a gamer because like I get too addicted. Like my wife would never see me now. Like, so to, in order to stay married, I have to like not game. Yeah. And like, so the, like Colin and Jeannie have like you know like Nintendo Wii's or not Wii's but um, Switches and stuff. So Sophie now always wants to go over and play video games, and she's like me. She's addicted. Like like even a little yeah. bit. Like we don't. She's like, when are we gonna get a console? Or when are we gonna get a Game Boy? Or, when, or a Nintendo? And I'm like, never. I was like, well, what about like if Santa brings it? I'm like. I don't know if he's going to have one, but everybody else has one in the neighborhood. Yeah, they're coming out with the new Atari 2600. It looks just like it, and it's got HDMI out. And uh, I don't know if you like any of the old video games that, you know, oh, yeah. when I say oh. when I say Commodore, do you know what I mean? I think, I know I don't. I think, because I'm remembering the first game system I ever had my parents got, they wanted a Blockbuster raffle in, like, 91. And it's like a Turbo Graphics 16, so we yes, were playing. Turbo yeah, we were playing like Blazing oh. Lasers. <laughs> like I, don't know, I was like yeah. six, <laughs> but I. Uh, but no, the com- but uh, I mean like Commodore 64. I know the name, but like I haven't played any of it. The 80s. Yeah. And I I'm a collector. Right? Yeah. Because like I, my, my dad has. He wanted an auction for like work or whatever. He had bid on it for fun, and then of course it's one of those things where when he bids on three or four items, he never wins. What so then my mo- my what mom was it? he bought it's a it's like a little mini arcade video game that has like six different games loaded to it. So it's got like centipede, asteroids, so that kind of stuff. Yeah, main. But it, yeah, and it's it's got like and it's eight, got a cabinet. Yeah, it's it's the cabinet. Oh, it's like a main. Yeah, yeah. Arcade. And so he bought it around Christmas time. He bought it around Christmas time because my sister's family was coming into town, and he wanted to have. A video. He was like, "Oh, this would be good for the kids. Sound by the bar, or whatever like that." And yeah. you know, so like the kids go down there and they're playing asteroids and stuff I like that. that. Yeah. It's uh, see, and I, I used to get like, yeah, I used to. Well, the thing that was really bad is like when I was growing up in my generation, I, I spent, I wasted almost six months of my life. Well, wasted according to my parents. I wasted six months of my life mastering Goldeneye. 64 oh, like I mastered yeah. like I was playing it on I'm, like I'm places to, on 64 like I mastered yeah. it on like man with yeah. the golden gun settings and stuff and like my cousins you know my two cousins and my brother and I you know so because you could set up four controllers so we would do that and yeah. we were kind of like the, my brother and I had gotten so good at it that we would be like the jerks that would do proximity mine the ba- all we would proximity mine all of the the start points yeah. so the second anyone died they would come back and like in the bathroom and then mine would go off the second they showed up because they couldn't even get out of the bathroom and then we spent so much time on that oh my god, oh my god. i wasted so much time you know, i have these games on my raspberry pi i emulate oh yeah i'm a nintendo 64 yeah yeah and do you know on some of the games they still can't get the graphics right nintendo never licensed the video engine of the n64 Ouch. They made it just for the 64. So there is a true emulation. So they don't... Well, I mean, arguably, couldn't they just make it better? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, but the, it's still jittery. Oh, Yeah, I when I played Dark Forces. Do you remember Dark Forces, Star Wars? Yeah. 
Yeah, the Stormtroopers? Yeah. That's jittery. And I did more research. Yeah, it's because of the video game engine. I... They can't emulate it. That's weird. Well, I mean, I get it, but, like... Because I remember also playing, like, the original, like, Star Wars... Like, not the original, but I remember playing, like, yeah. Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back when it was on Super Nintendo. And I was just, like, have Luke just do the spinning flip moves from one end of the screen to the other. Or never like that, too. Like, kill his Emperor would just float shooting lightning at you and stuff. But... And then in the 64 version, I remember that, like, the 64 Star Wars games, yeah. they almost got too complicated for me. Or never, like, the Battle of Hoth? Yeah. I, would, yeah. I, I mean, like, I remember I would get frustrated with that, and I'd be like, nope, I'm done. And then yeah. I would go back to Star Fox. <laughs> Colin told me the other day that he, um, he has a jacket, like a Star Fox 64 no jacket. Like, he, really? he uh, or I don't know if it's 64, but he said that he went, like, he had played so much of it, he went to, like, a local mall, had, like, a tournament at an arcade. Now, granted, he was playing against children, yeah. but he won the tournament. And then they sent him, like, a Star Fox jacket, and he has it somewhere. Oh, my God, that's crazy. <laughs> I thought that was... Um, yeah, he gave me a 64, his Commodores, and his Commodore VIC-20, and all the software. Yeah. Yeah, he said, because, you know, I collect them, and I yeah. use them, and I'm a big Commodore guy. Yeah. And uh, he said, it's funny. He's like, I don't want the hardware, but at some point, I want copies of the software. I said, no problem. Yeah. So I'm going to archive all the software. Yeah, um, we got a utility for Windows and other platforms where we can um, do exact replicas of the discs, even if they're double-sided discs. So, Sorry, I just yeah. thought I saw somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, there's special utility and hardware to be able to archive discs. So I've got a project where I'm archiving all the software from the 80s so we don't lose it. Well, yeah. so my wife does not... She's the reason that, like, physical media is dying. You know, like, my wife is definitely, like, she she's, like, why, like, when we moved into our house now, like, yeah. last year, she was just like, why the hell are you bringing all these DVDs and shit? Why, like, why do we have a VCR still? Why do we have this? And I was like, she's like, everything's streaming. And I'm like, no, not everything's streaming anymore. And she doesn't pay attention to it, but I do. And I'm like, like, I was like, I'll give you an example. Is it a good TV series? No. But Willow is not on Disney Plus anymore. Like, the series that they just did. They pulled it from the stream because they had to pay for the space, right. they had to pay the licensing, they had to pay all these people for it. And it was a bad series and no one watched it, so they just pulled it off the server so they don't have to pay for it anymore. And she's like, okay, what's the point? It's like, but after this year, after this Christmas, that's why announced no discs. No anymore. more discs. They're so no Blu-rays, nothing. And Target's doing the same. So that's 60... I think it was like Best Buy alone was 55% of the market availability for Blu-ray. It's just Best Buy. Really? Yeah. It's like 50... Uh, like When you think about like how many Blu-rays are ordered to sell in stores, Best Buy buys 55% of that. It's not for the stores. And so like no one's going to have... So like if you have a show that is not popular, but you like it, if it or if it's like kind of like a, a film that you like that no one else does, I'm unclear how, I assume, unless you can find it for purchase on Amazon or Apple, and it's not streaming somewhere, yeah. you're not going to get it. Like, so like, I was like telling Christina, I was like, there are some movies that we like that a lot of people don't like, 
or they aren't licensed because of other agreements or something like that. Right, exactly. So it's just like, I right. love So like, the 1996-95 movie, The Birdcage, yeah. with Robin Williams and Gene Hackman in it, one of Christina's and Mike's favorites. Like, I own it on DVD. I think right now you can get it on, it's streaming on one of their things. So I was like, but otherwise you got to buy it again to have in your library or on your digital library. Yeah, or sure. it's, you'll never get it. Like, like, like you might never yeah, see it again. Yeah, that's why like, so, Scour, the second-end shops or Goodwill in the DVD section, yeah. they stopped carrying cassettes and they don't carry VHS anymore. Yep. But I'm a VHS collector. But if I see like a copy of RoboCop on DVD, I'm going to get it. RoboCop so, 1, so 2, I'm waiting for the barn. I'm waiting for the fire sales, like Black Friday, because they got to move it all. I'm sure it's going to be like 30 to 50% off on the DVD. Yeah. 50% off DVDs, 30% off on Blu-rays is what I can see them doing. But then like the day after Christmas, I bet it's going to be 80% oh, off. Because yeah. they got to get them out of the, they got to get them out. Like, like it's not, like they're, they're taking the space away to expand the gaming stuff like that so like that's what I was gonna say what do you do with the space they're gonna they're gonna expand it for gaming and then my understanding is it's gonna be absorbed by gaming and like more uh, you know more of the VR kind of like you know like the you know like the, the VR stuff as well as just having more space for other like like for Best Buy I think they're gonna expand also I heard that they might be expanding more of their home like their like home appliance sections oh. I feel like they're because they have like we're members so we have like their total care for like installation and like delivery and takeaway stuff so we pay 200 bucks a year but we end up needing to replace an appliance every year for some fucking reason like something goes and the cost alone to have your old refrigerator taken away is 190 yeah right just to get them to take it plus just to get them there for delivery is another 200 so it pays for itself the first time you do it so it's so like the floor space, that's what it's going to be, but like all the Blu-rays, all that stuff is all going to go away. So Black Friday is the day to start shopping for well, media? I, mean, I think they might start getting rid of some of their stuff early, but like also certain um, certain companies like uh, that kind of sell DVDs direct, like Steelbooks and things like yeah. that direct, are doing sales because they know that they have this backlog of inventory that uh, they aren't going to be able to move. So. And it's just gonna, it's gonna turn into like old vinyl, like some vinyl stuff. Well, right. vinyl had its resurgence a few years ago. I mean, people still buy it now, but like it's died down a bit. But like, you know, it's like, it's gonna be like vinyl, like having steelbook collector's editions of things. And you know what? I Somebody predicted that in about 10 to 15 years, you can't get a DVD player at Best Buy anymore. They're gonna face them out soon. Yeah, because you can't buy VCRs. Yeah. Like, DVDs are next, and then honestly, Blu rays aren't going to be around much longer either because it's all going to be on your on your TV direct like all the apps are built in I right? know it's all direct yes, but like yes, I uh, content content but speaking of which because of, you, because of your uh, VHS thing when I like again my wife is just like why do you fucking have this we have we pay for Paramount Plus like why do you have this stuff why do you have a VHS I have two of them and I was just yeah. like and I have uh I have a, you do qualify as a nerd, by the way. I, so I have a, I have the original 1993, 94, I think they released it. It was like two years after Undiscovered Country came out, but it's like the box set of the Star Trek one motion picture from number six. And so like the one side of the, 
sleeves are the Galaxy, the other side of the sleeves are the Enterprise A, or whatever like that, like in the sleeves when you line them up. And I, I have them all, and I have them all in the sleeves, but I've watched those tapes so many times that in certain areas of like Star Trek II, Star Trek VI, like, on VHS. On VHS, like, you can tell, like, it's been watched and rewound a lot, like, during, like, the final battle. Yeah. Or whatever, like that, like, when, like, the torpedo in number six goes through the hole and blows out the A. <laughs> or whatever, I remember watching that, going, like, it's yeah. so cool, like, how did they do that? And or then whatever, the like, audio gets manipulated because the tape's wearing down. There's like, it's like, you know what, like, but, like, I had all that, like, I... Like, I'm such a nerd because I'm like such like a Star Trek. I love ships or whatever. Like I like yeah. ships. Like I'm such a nerd. I will watch the motion picture more often Wrath than I watch. Yeah. Well, Wrath of Khan's the best, but like I'll watch both motion picture more than I'll watch. I'll watch motion picture more than I'll watch. <laughs> I hate three. I think three's stupid. I like I'll five. I appreciate because it's so stupid. Like yeah. it's so goofy. But like, so let me one up you. Yeah. I found uh, years ago. VHS collection of Star Wars, the trilogy, the in the sleeve at, at Goodwill. Not special editions, the originals? Yeah, the originals are for like 99 cents. I'm like, I'm like, it's $100. Yeah. Oh my god. I, have the, I don't know if I still have it anymore. I used to have like the special edition widescreens yeah. wow. or whatever like that on VHS when they got re released in 97, but I don't. But I hate the special editions. I, I used to have. I think my parents got rid of it because we used to have the original tapes from the 70s and 80s of oh, Star Wars, like the original original. Wow. Are they still on this thing? Oh, they probably had like a white label on it and it's just basic Star Wars. Oh, my, my uncle had like, my uncle and my dad were like some of the first people that used to have VCRs that you could record with. Like in like the in the early '80s, they spent like lots of money on getting like. So my parents had like I remember my dad the VCR my parents had for almost my entire childhood was a really massive old VCR, and it was the first forehead VCR that it was made that was or whatever. So my it was like a, at the time it was like an $800 VCR that they bought for this TV or for their TV, and it's like it was it was a forehead and you could record. And so my uncle borrowed it for a weekend and he, my uncle didn't have the money for that VCR, but my dad did. So my dad gave my, his VCR to my uncle. And my uncle, he had HBO, so they recorded Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. Like we had all the movies recorded off of HBO. What are the movies? Like, so we had like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, we had Beetlejuice, we had like, uh, we had just like, so we had like- yeah, like no, ET we bought. Like I remember that being a real one, but there were certain movies that were just written with like Beverly, tape. Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, that wasn't allowed. No. I believe it probably existed somewhere, but like we don't have it because of. What that. about what about Back to the Future? We bought that. Back okay. to the Future we bought. I remember though that they did do like we had a. Oh shit! Uh, Eighty nine Batman was recorded. We had that one. And then I still like, so like I bought on Blu-ray like all five of the, of the, the original Burton, Clooney, and Val Kilmer Batman thing. Because it's all on one disc. And my, again, my wife's like, don't you hate like 
half of these movies, and I'm like, Batman Returns was the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. Like, it came out in the summer. I, in, 90, in 1992, it came out in the summer, about a month before my birthday, and I remember that my parents took me to go see it, and my parents oh. had no idea what it was. Like, like they, they'd seen the first Batman, but they they did not have the intelligence to go see the movie before they took me to it, yeah, so they oh. had no idea what Batman Returns was. And now again, to a five-year, I was uh, six, so like I didn't understand most of what I was seeing and hearing, but I 100%... How was it? Oh, yeah. But anywho, I just remember, like, in hindsight, like, when I watched it again, my mom, I was like, I can't believe you're talking about this movie. Like, Danny DeVito's making, like, sex jokes, and Christopher yeah. Walken's saying, like, Christopher Walken's, like, saying, like, slurs to things, and stuff like that. It's like, this is not okay for a six-year-old to see. Yeah. I just remember the eating the raw fish and the biting the nose and stuff like that. Oh, but, like, that was, yeah, that was... That, well, that was perfect. the tame stuff. Like, you know, again, like, it's like, you know, again, like... Oswald Cobblepot talking about looking at like, leering at women talking about showing them his flipper tricks and whatnot. I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sexual innuendos. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not okay for a six year old. And I was just like, I cannot believe you took me to this movie. What did you think about Robocop? The first Robocop? Yeah, or one, two, or three. Uh, the first one's, the first, I, I, to me, there's only one Robocop. Yeah. Like, the second one is so dumb, like, and I'm like, isn't this, when I was older, I remember watching Robocop 2 again, oh, and I went like, are we, I was watching it, and I was like, are we seriously saying that the bad, like, the bad guy is the kid from a Star Trek episode? Because he is, he's like the kid from one of the Star Trek Next Generation episodes. <laughs> I know, I love that, I, and I'm I like, know, no, I know. And I'm watching this going like, because I remember watching Robocop again, going like, yeah. I know that kid from something, where do I know that kid yeah. from something? And then I used to watch when they were on, because I used to watch TNG at nine o'clock when it was on syndication, like on CBS or whatever it was on. And I would just watch it. And then I remember watching like a season three episode where, and I think I'm the right kid. It's like the one where like the kid's mother dies and Worf takes the kid under his wing to be like the mentor. I think it's that kid. And I'm watching going like, this is the kid from, right. from this episode, like where like the, the spirit from the planet, you know, kind of, or the artificial intelligence from the planet mimics the mother so that, like, you know, the kid doesn't feel sadness anymore. And I'm watching this thing and I'm like, what uh, was that called? That episode? The Mimicking. What was that movie called? Or show? That, oh, it was Star Trek, but oh. Next Generation. Where, where oh, the kid, I remember that. Next but it's like the one yeah. where, like, the, the, the archaeologist's mom dies on the away mission and Worf feels responsible because he was leading the mission, so he, like, takes... Shit, what is the name of that episode? It's not Birthright. Whatever. But like... And you didn't... But you didn't see Robocop 3? Well, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, I just don't like... You know, I mean, that... I, I just don't they like... They stretched it to the limit, but I, I still find it, you know... Enjoyable? Enjoyable, yeah. I mean, so, like... Obviously, one is the masterpiece, right? Oh, yeah. But... I don't know. I think it's still worth something. Oh, yeah. Well, when I watched... Um, so, it's funny. I remember when Robocop 3 came out or whatever like that. So, my uncle was a toy designer. Oh, okay. So, he used to... He had, like, you know, he was, like, freelance for a while. But at one point, he worked for Tonka. And at one point, like... And then he would be freelance and do his own stuff and just be a contractor and stuff. But, like, do you remember, like, wrestling buddy pillows? 
Yes. Yeah. He invented those. Oh, wow. Like, he made this. Like, so he, the original prototypes for those, like, we got, like, my brother and I and my, my cousins, like, we essentially, we weren't the stars of it, but we essentially were the commercial. <laughs> like, because, like, my uncle said, well, we got a Hulk, a Spider-Man, and two WWE, or WWF at the yeah. time, or WCWs, wrestling. Games. So it was, like, Macho Man Randy Savage, and then... Somebody with blonde hair. It wasn't Hulk Hogan though, but it was some other guy. It may have been Ric Flair when he had a beard or something like that. When he was young. But like, those were the four. So like, I had Spider-Man. My brother had Hulk. Or whatever. And then like, my uncle gave him these. They're like, this is what I'm working on. What do you think of these things? And like, we, they're he goes like they're pillows, or whatever like that. And the four of us immediately picked them up by the ankles and just hit each other in the heads with them. And we're like body slamming them like wrestlers and like beating them up. Yeah, I know. That's the commercial. Oh my You know God. what I mean? Essentially, because like my parents and yeah. my aunt and uncle just kind of were watching the kids, but I'm like, how are they doing? It's like they've been fighting in the living room with their toys, uh, playing for two straight hours. We were just body slamming. Wow. And stuff. And my uncle and my, and my, like, you know, and then we watched the commercial when they're on there. And it's just kind of like, that's kind of, yeah, that's what you, that's what the boys will do. It's just the hell out of these pillows. And uh, we, um, and then he also the other big thing I remember he made were um, oh shit, they're not, they were like a it, they were the size of micro machines, but they're the ones that you put the penny in to, to connect the circuits and they would spin. Yeah. So he made those where he would, he would put the penny in. He, he worked on that team and invented that one. Where you drop the penny in so it yeah. complete the circuit. Wow, that's buzz, right there, oh, like okay, that. wow. So yeah. you got to, get, to see some of the prototypes, huh? Yeah. So like he had like like you know so like I remember like in his uh, he had like a case like like in his house whatever like that like next to the fish tank you know on either side of the fish tank instead of having like a, a china cabinet that would hold like fine china it was always just little projects that he had been working on. Oh. So it's like like the prototype for the first generation oh, of okay. those things that he designed. Wow. And, and, because he was with toys and other things like that, like, you know, I don't know how legitimate all of it was, but, like, he would buy a lot of toys and then write them off as research or write or Whatever happened to his collection? Uh, my, my aunt still has it. Like, some of it, some, like, my, my cousins, you know, like, my, my aunt has it and my cousins have it. They don't, they didn't get rid of it. Like, uh, some of that stuff is more, just wow, memento, it's, it's memento stuff and, like, like, my uncle... <laughs> It aged really well. So like, my uncle has this. When I was growing up, my I, I, he has a black and white picture. And at the time, this is before 1994. It's a black and white picture, and it's OJ Simpson. And he's far away because he had hopped the fence at a game with his professional camera, and he. And he and he oh, kind of blended it with the sideline reporters and taking oh pictures. God. So he has a picture of, you know, kind of OJ, like the back of OJ, just like on the bench, you know, just kind of in between downs, whatever. And then after the trial and everything, we just went like, ooh. <laughs> That's, uh, he kept it up all the time. But, like he thought it was, he thought it was funny at that point <laughs> that he had it. Because it was like, because it wasn't clearly like one that you could buy anymore. You know what I mean? Like it was clearly not like yeah. a, it wasn't a picture because you don't see his face. You know what I mean? Like any picture you would have sold of OJ would have his face. Oh. Would have like their face on it.
go up yeah. one or two on the first move. Yeah. They can only go diagonal when you kill somebody. And then they're just like, just, I don't get it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, just play with the pieces. Well, I was like, we're just gonna yeah. play with the pieces and then try some stuff. Yeah, I know. And then when I was doing knights, and she was like, why is the horse jumping? And I'm like, this can only make an L. That way or this way. Yeah. She's like, and then I went like this. She goes, that isn't an L. That's not what an L looks like. And I'm like, I get it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, it's one, two, three, over. One, two, three, over. One, yeah. two, three, over. That's all it is. But I have a, I have a chess set. Uh, I have a chess set from Russia or Moldova. I have one from Africa that my wife got when she was on. Uh, my wife and I met along like when we were in high school. So like when she was in college, she used to study abroad. She was in South Africa, so she brought me one back from Africa. So I have eight, technically Asia, because you know, or Russia, and I have one from England, one from. Turkey, and then one from the only one I don't have is South America or other pop. Um, I need South America and Australia. I have a, I bought a Lord of the Rings set in England when yeah. I was there. It's hand carved and it's all the characters from Lord of the Rings. It's what, not, what are they? It's not commercially available. It's like an artisan made. What are they carved out of? Is it wood, wood. or is and are they out like, of a heavy wood? And are they? painted then or is it just the wood, no, it's just wood oh that's see that's the thing it's like yeah. that's what i would want is i'd want to see the, the stain of the beautiful like the, the nice stain in the green and everything yeah. i really want a um like one that i would want too like there's a couple of other sets that i would like just like aesthetically that i'd want to have like there was one that i saw once that was very expensive it was all like I don't know if it was Swarovski Swar Swar crystal or whatever, but it was like black crystal oh, and then clear, sure. and then and then uh, and then clear crystal, and it was just like you know crystal pieces, a crystal board, and then I for for aesthetic purposes, I do want the Star Trek 3D chess. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, but like I don't know how to play it. I don't know how to play it three-dimensional <laughs> chess. But just aesthetically, I would want it. Um, I I remember that you it, it, there was a time where you could buy it. like there was a place. Oh, it's available on on Amazon. I felt the same way when I got the Nintendo replica. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese knockoff, but it looks like an NES, and it's mini. Anyways, I finally opened it up after a couple years. It works, but they changed a lot of the rounds. See, like they have like knockoff versions like this right. where it's like I've seen this one before but that's not what it is like in the show that's not what it is like these are not the pieces they claim you know like like the board is not that color in the show they're not red and gold it's not red and white where'd they go? Oh.
know if I have a picture anymore. I have, um, yes, I got that. I showed that to Colin. Hey, that's cool. Did you get it? Oh, yeah, $10. Not bad. It's huh? in, it's still, uh, the package is all beat to hell, but it's still technically in the package. Yeah. And so it just sits Hey, on that's the a pretty good price. Dude, I paid right? it. It's less than what I paid for it when it came out in 1996. Is that original? That's a. That's a. That's from the from the movie in '96. That's a first. Ten bucks. Yeah, I got it in, in the novelty store. In, in, oh. that, in the novelty store. Yeah. No, in, so in that store, just like in that's the novel, awesome. In there, I was just like, I was just like, is this is that really for sale? They're never like that, and I'm like, and I went like, this is the packaging from the movie when I bought them in '96, and I was just like, and I was just like, oh shit, is that really ten dollars? And then the lady goes, yeah. I was like, can I, can I buy that? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like. And it's right next to like the CBD and THC gummies, and I was just like, "Can I get some of those too?" <laughs> and they're just like, "Okay." Well, did they have any other Star Trek stuff? They did not. There was the that's that's the only of, thing. It was the only ra random thing that they had that oh was my like that. Because like they have like so in this candy store, you know, they got candy stuff. They have records. They have like weird T-shirts. You can get like you know like little like weird signs and stuff. But in the back, they have an arcade of classic pinball machines. Stuff oh. like that, and then they have like another thing where you can like an old like a like a probably a 40 seat old tiny movie theater like you see it like a almost like a PT Barnum kind of a kind of like little kind of like a tent looking thing. And they sell a bunch of retro stuff for random. I mean, it's primarily candy, but they have all the retro candies that you can pick up there yeah. too and stuff and homemade things. But it was cool. just like, but along the walls there are just like cases and like. You know, like up on the ceilings, like they're not for sale, but on the ceilings, like and on the walls are like old movie posters from all different times or whatever like that. But like they have a model, you can't buy it, but like they have that old like Schwarzenegger T2, like the end of the movie is it's all beaten to hell and it's just standing behind a glass case and stuff. But in some paint, like some like you know, kind of like toy case kind of looking things that need a key. Like, they have random stuff in there, and I don't know where they get it to sell, but, like, there's, like, some baseball cards, there's, like, some random, there's, like, random crap in there, like, you can get, like, a, there's, like, some, like, like little flasks, or, like, bar, uh, a bar, like, a, like, a big, like, cowboy belt buckle, so, and I just saw the Star Trek thing sticking out of me, So, like, how many action, Star Trek action figures do you have? Currently? Yeah. Just that one, like, when I was a kid, I had all, oh. like, when I was a kid, like, I think they're still in my parents' Above the garage and the storage thing, but I'm pretty sure that's now a mouse infested thing or whatever like that. But got like, into it? Oh, destroyed it? Uh, I haven't got up and looked, but it was in like a big Tupperware bin, but the bin was cracked, I know, and I'm sure that it's been up there for 30 years. I'm sure it's been uh, just mice, but like, and they probably, but like when I was a kid, like I saved my allowance and I bought the Enterprise D bridge set. Then I had all the season two oh figures, and then I bought the season threes when they got the new uniforms, and then when they got the, and then when First Contact came out because they didn't create an Enterprise E bridge, I like manipulated the bridge like of the D to make it look like the E or whatever, and I like, I probably I ruined it because I'm sure oh I, like from like the aesthetic thing because like I like I moved the, the the consoles together so they went this way for the E versus the the D did this, but I was just like. I was so into it. Like I had like the data from first contact. I colored his face in so it looked like the end of the movie, with like a sharpie, so it had like the the thing or whatever. That's hilarious. So back in the day, where did you buy Star Trek figures? 
back in the day, they were available at Toys R Us. Toys or Kmart or yeah, Toys R Us back in the day. Toys R Us in the day, like back in the '90s, yeah, when they still had licensing, but now they don't. The reason you won't find Star Trek shit to buy anymore is because the licensings aren't available. Paramount, Paramount won't license them. Why? It's a because I think I'm unclear about all of it, or like who technically owns. Like, so, like, even when the new Star Trek movies came out, you could only buy, like, the Enterprise, and, like, you could buy, like, a phaser, but that was it at most. Like, you couldn't buy, you know, like, they didn't do figures anymore. And I don't know if it's, like, Paramount, which owns it, won't license it to anybody, or if it's technically... I think what it is is the bad robot deal that J.J. has for the movies, he's supposed to get, like, this big cut of all the merchandising, and Paramount doesn't want to give it to him because his movies don't make any money because they so they're just not making toys because it's like that bullshit of the deal like if they don't do anything for an X number of time that part of the deal I think voids out like if there's no if nothing's done in 10 years it, so anyhow like you can't get you know you can't get stuff at one point I saw though that Nerf I don't know how they did it but Nerf had the first contact phaser rifle. Like, so, what's the secondhand market like now for Star Trek figures from that era that you bought them from? Like, or even earlier, are they expensive? I think it. I think it. I think it depends on. I think it depends on how much of. Uh, I think it depends on how much. Uh, like how the condition they're in, right? Like if they're in packaging and how many of them you have or whatever. Because like if you go to conventions, you can still find a bunch of this shit that gets sold and resold between various collections. Have you been to conventions? Not in a long time, no. Like I, uh, when I was younger, I used to go. I used to make my dad take me, but like I haven't been there. Oh yeah? Who did you meet? Oh, I remember going to, so it was earlier before like, before, before, before cons were like what they are now, but like, I remember going to a convention before First Contact showed up, and they were showing like pictures on like a overhead projector essentially from the movie. <laughs> it was just like, but we got to see like the trailer for the film. I remember we got to see the trailer before it played in front of movies. Did you meet any of the original actors at the cons? They didn't have anybody at the Twin City one that I was at. No. I think they had no one from TNG. That was always the one I grew up with that I loved the most. I think it, I think at the time they probably I think at the time at that convention they had like Michelle Nichols was there or something like that for the original cast. It was like kind of like their key mark person for that piece of it. But it wasn't that convention wasn't a Star Trek convention. It was just a convention bigger yeah. thing. But it was more of like a. But I would love to go to like one day. I'm going to go to this. The, I'm going to go to the Vegas one, the Star Trek convention in Vegas. Yeah. That's the one to go to. That's the one where everyone shows. Oh. The one in Vegas. I'm told that the three best Star Trek ones to go to are, if you want to go, is Vegas, Germany. The, the one in Europe for Germany is huge. Vegas or Germany, or if you do the cruise. Where? Or the cruise, if you do the Star Trek cruise. <laughs> but I don't like cruise ships. So, I would do Vegas. Chipotle go, or no. Vegas would be the one I'd go to, because that's the one, like, Vegas is the one they all go to, and it's the one that it's like, 
big enough for, you know, it's big enough that, like, it can, Vegas is big enough, it's a city, it can absorb tens of thousands of people. It's got a convention. Like, San Diego can't do it anymore. San Diego's too small. They can't, like, the San Diego Convention Center can't handle 150,000 people. Yeah, so if I go to a convention, am I going to see, like, people dressed up as Klingon and, yeah? Fanboys? Oh yeah. Fangirls? Oh god, I would I would have to go buy another I'd have to go buy if I if I went to a convention, in addition to the price of the tickets, I if I did it it'd be like a once in a lifetime thing, so I'd spend thousands of dollars because I'd have to fly, <laughs> get it get a hotel room, fly. To fly there and get a hotel room close to the convention center, that's fifteen hundred bucks yeah. alone. Right. You know, right? Because you're gonna be there for four days. It's gonna be easily $350 a night for a hotel, close to probably $600, because of, depending on how close you want to be in the Vegas Strip. And then you got to do, um, and then if you get like the tickets where you get all the pay extra, so you have all the express lines for signing, like all the signers and stuff like that, which is what you want, or whatever like that, it's going to be thousands, it'd be like five grand, it'd be like a five grand trip. <laughs> but, I would, but I need to do it because all of my favorite TNG cast members Right. 70s. They're all gonna die soon. Yeah. Right, go now, go now. Like Frank's, Frank's was a surprise guest this summer here in the Twin Cities, but it didn't get announced until the day of. There was a convention here, and then Frank's got announced like it was coming on Saturday. He got announced Friday morning or something, and I couldn't get tickets. I had admit, I was I had already made commitments. I was out of town. But, but, oh, you were like, damn. But and then I was like, I couldn't figure it out. But I was just like. But I couldn't do it. I was so upset because I was just like, again, I'm like, you know, yes, Patrick Stewart's in his 80s, but like, all the rest of them are in their mid to late, are in their mid to early. What do you 70s. think about this new Picard show? It's gotten a lot of bad, good. Seasons one and two are awful. Yeah, awful. God awful. Season three is great. Season three is, in my mind, season three. You know, you don't have to watch one and two. You don't have to watch any. Not a goddamn thing. Wow. Well, I, the only thing, and they re, they rehash it, but literally the only thing you need to, there's only two pieces of information you would need to know from seasons one and two to yeah. understand, and everything else. Colin and I watched it, talked about it. Yeah. Like, you only need you only need to know two things, and then other wow. than that, season three is season three is um, undis- the undiscovered country for the next generation. Yeah. It's it. It's it's just it's just the the final movie they never got to make. Okay, so I have one. Beef I bought it on Blu-ray. It's great. I have one beef with Picard, and no one seems to answer this question. Maybe you can answer it as a trek as trekking. But how do you explain Data's aging in the in the third one? Series? They explain it. They explain it in number three in season three. They explain. It. They explain exactly why he looks the way he does now. They flat. They, they do. Why couldn't they do AI or deep fake? Make them seasons look- one and two. They did. It looked awful. Oh yeah. So he's in one and two. He's in season one. In like some dreams that the part is having. He's the show. The season one opens and he's got a lot of guilt about letting Data die at the end of Nemesis. And like so he has like these recurring dreams about Data, and they they're in the TNG uniforms. They deep fake Data. He looks bad. And it doesn't look right. Like. What they do in number three makes so much sense. It's so much, it's just more realistic. You don't have to dick around with trying to deep fake them and 
makeup. Because they did that with Harrison Ford recently in Indiana Jones. Yeah. They did it with a lot of actors, you know. But it's not the deep fake in Picard season one. It's not great. Like, it doesn't look that good. Because, well, they, they smoothed out wrinkles, right? And they fixed his hairline. But he, like, he's just, just Brent Spiner weighs probably 50 pounds more than he did when he played Data in the 90s. And they didn't, they don't thin his, they can't thin his face, you know, right? Because they're doing the dots. So he's just, he looks puffy. Like, like he's like they thin him out but he looks yeah. plasticky like it looks weird wow. like and then you get people who do like the because they didn't do deep fake like they just like tried to do like the they did the dots on his face and like try to smooth yeah, it out like what or, James they, Cameron did yeah, with, with they Avatar don't, but they didn't do what like facial people tracking. Visual, what facial tracking what, or like yeah. what, or they just take the image from the 90s and superimpose it on so it, it looks like if you saw the end of Mandalorian season 2 it looks more like that Luke Skywalker than it did oh. in the, the next version of it. So it didn't look... It's not great. Interesting. Uh, so, but they do explain in Season 3 why Data looks the way it is. Are you a fan of TOS? Not a big fan. Like, I appreciate it for what it is, but, like... Really? I did... I mean, like, I aged... I appreciate it for what it is, but it's, 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 it's funny. The way that current people who like New Trek feel about TNG, like it's so cheesy and Why, everything looks like a everything looks like a Hilton or whatever like that, like an '80s Hilton with all the carpet. Like that's how they feel about TNG. Is that what is that? Was your father, or your uncles, that generation TOS more? My parents, my dad was not a Trekkie. No, no. I I, I liked Next Generation. He watched it with me, but like I enjoyed. I like TOS a little bit. Like I like the movies, but like in the movies, but I didn't. I found that um, when I watched TOS originally, I didn't get it because I was too young. So I, I, I didn't understand the the. I, I didn't really understand because TNG at the time was more visually appealing. I kind of got wrapped up more in that. I couldn't like. The storyline didn't matter as much to me, but because T TOS at the time in the night, in the early to mid '90s when I was watching it, I wasn't mature enough to understand all the morality play of it all. Like I didn't get all the themes. So then I was just watching. It was like, why is this the future when it's just a bunch of LED buttons just flashing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? why you, don't, like, you don't respect it as canon, or? Oh, I do. Oh, no, yeah. I understand yeah. that it's canon, and now I've rewatched it and I appreciate it better. But it's just a first impression thing. Like I think Discovery is. Garbage, like it's like it bothers me so much. Like, I, like the, the first like, discovery, the I thought control. was stupid. Like, I thought discovery was dumb. And then they had the, they had the perfect opportunity in discovery to fix the show, and they screwed it up. Even I don't worse. like that intro, that Rod Stewart intro. Oh, it's yeah. been a long time. That, that's that's uh, Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not I'm about, like the I'm, new shit. Like, uh, because like the new stuff yeah, of Star Trek Discovery, like. I don't like it because it was like, oh, this is before Kirk and Spock, right? It's like 10, 15 years before Kirk and Spock. Yeah, was, and you're watching it, and, and you're, I'm like, the technology, it's like, they didn't have 3D projection view screens where you can right. like holograms. Like, this shit didn't exist, number one. And then number two, it's just like, they don't, I'm looking at it going like, there's just like no understanding of like, why anything looks this way or why anything is this way it's just like it was so dumb and then when it's season three when they're like we're gonna go to the future 
thousand years in the future. I was like, perfect. Go a thousand years in the future, you're not. Nothing you do is going to affect the canon. Nothing matters. You know, you can have fun and make your show without screwing up who Spock is, without having to worry about the Kirk and Pike or whatever. Don't deal with it. Just go to the future. You can then go use every visual graphic to your heart's desire, make it look great. And they screwed it up again by going... They go to the future, but then they consistently reference shit from the past and retcon things. What did you think of that version of Star Trek that was on CBS that had that comedian, Seth, or whatever his name was? Orville? Orville. What did you think of that? First two seasons, meh. The last season that was only on Hulu, great. Because on that one, Seth MacFarlane got to make the show he wanted, and it's TNG. It's more TNG than anything else. Like, oh, you love, huh? The third season, okay. Orville New Horizon, I may call and watch it. It's great. Because it's more, it picks up with threads, story threads from the oh. last thing. However, it's de- it's not as funny in a good way. Like, oh. it's, it's not jokey and slapstick. It's TNG. Like, it's like, what do you do when, like, you know, like, because they have, like, those cyber, they have the cyborg people that are, like, they're bored, that are the bad yeah. guys. But what do you do when, you know, so, like, you got them. But it, but it's interesting because, like, but you got one of them on your ship, yeah. right? Like, one of them's on your ship, and they're, and he's, he's, gone, he's mutant, you know, he's defected, and now he's with you. The first season, the first episode of the new season, of season three. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, are like, it's a story about survivor guilt, suicide, and trauma. That first episode. Because it picks up after, because that... You know, the good guys, they're at war with those robots. Like, there's, it's a full-out war. And people are dying everywhere. And it's... The crew is all looking at Isaac, and they're just like, well, he helped save us. He goes, like, the captain's like, he did help save us at the end. He goes, yeah, but he brought him to us, and all of our friends are dead. You know, like, I mean, we, uh, all of us have lost people. And it's a lot of just like, we got to get him off the ship. So I'm a big Voyager fan. I love Voyager. Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I like Voyager but, too, but it's more because I. But what? I was seven. I was twelve years old and loved the Borg, Jerry Ryan. The Borg were first. TNG. TNG, right? The Borg. Why do I want to acquire Borg action figures now? I really want them. They're great. Well, the original Borg stuff is. The original Borg stuff is great. Voyager kind of. You can take it or leave it. But like. Why? Why did you say that? I didn't... I liked... I liked Seven of Nine. I liked the idea of rehabilitating a Borg. All the Locutus stuff was awesome in TNG. That's all great. I, Borg, when they find you, is like the greatest episode... One of the best episodes ever. Because that's all about weapons of mass destruction. That's an allegory of genocide. Like, what do we do? We could kill the entire species by sending this guy back with a disease to kill everybody. And they're going to do it. Yeah, well, like, Ray, like, Ray Bradbury was very prophetic. And, and, I mean, they, know, they, I mean they, they were going to do it. And then, well, right, but then they have the morality question because Hugh becomes an individual who's no longer the collective. And they're like, we cannot send this child back, effectively a child back, with this disease, knowing that we're going to commit genocide. That's not who we are. We can change, he goes like, where we're going to send him back with his individuality with the hope that that is not the disease, but it's like that it teaches the Borg how to be individuals again and so that you can cure them from their whatever, but that's better. But they, um, in Voyager, they just did it. They, 
the Borg is, I always found that the Borg is better, less is more. Because the more you use the Borg, the more you have to depower the Borg. Because, hey, you have to depower them so much because they because you can't let the Borg win every time. You know, right? Like, oh. And then the more you let the Federation win. Oh, sorry, guys. The more you let the Federation win, the less and less powerful the Borg becomes. Yeah. So you have to, like, I don't like it because you have to do I only like it, I think you should only have, I think you should have one Borg story a series. Oh, okay. Just one a series. Like you can do it once. I loved Unimatrix Zero, which can uh, Yeah, that's that's good. That's yeah, not a good more rides? Are they are you guys going? Yeah, I think we're about to get going. Alright. Well we're gonna think about getting ice cream tonight. Well go to the shop. Watch probably season three. Yeah. Paramount Plus. Just watch them. if you want a refresh. Watch Nemesis. You love Voyager, so you don't need to watch any of that. Okay. He has seven of nines in the show. Okay. So what do you think of Unimatrix Zero? Oh, that's good. That's. I think the. I mean, I think the, the, the. I didn't like the finale of Voyager. Like, I get what they were doing, but. I mean, Unimatrix Zero when they do the. Uh, that's the one when they get when Janeway, Tuvok, and Bellana get assimilated partially. But they keep their cognitive stuff in play. Like they, um, that one's good. But I find that the, uh, like the finale of Voyager though ties into season three. Where's Aria? Oh, I mean, that spoils some stuff. But it's just oh, like, okay. but like, what I liked about it is that it, it does all the season three. Picard has pieces of all the shows. There's a little bit of Voyager with seven and nine in it. They obviously the TNG crew. Yeah. They reference some shit because Worf. They, they don't ignore Worf's. DS9 history, so they reference a lot of DS9 in it. Oh. So it's kind of nice that it brings all those free series back together a little bit that they were all somehow involved in. So you get some seven, you get some Voyager. It's a love letter to the TNG show. Yeah. So it's like the guy who wrote the show, he did the Twelve Monkeys series, but like he, um, but he was his uh, the guy who did the show Terry Metalis yeah. uh, for season three only. That's why it's good because he was in charge of three. Um, he started off as Brandon Braga's assistant on Voyager in season four. So he and Jerry Ryan are very close friends because he was he was the new staff guy on Voyager when she joined Voyager in season four. Oh. So like they've been friends since Voyager. Do they have some crossover with the, some of the the, the staff and the, um, the, like the writing the staff, crew, the crew on some of the shows, like for Card, like. Well, in season so in season in season one of Picard, there's a cam like in season one of Picard, there's a cameo of Will Indiana, and that's it. And there's Jason. No, but I'm saying, did they bring any of the writing staff or any of the crew on from all these shows on to new season three? Because Terry Metalis actually knew what he was doing, he hired the set people from TNG. So like, yeah, so Warf, so Worf. That's what I'm so talking. Worf has a new so. This is not a spoiler, but Worf has a new weapon. He doesn't have a bat left in season three. He's got a sword, like a new Klingon sword we've yeah. never seen before, called the Kurlef. But the guy who designed it, when they said we need a weapon for him, yeah. they went and talked to the guy. They had the they went and hired the guy that created the bat weapon for TNG. Oh. So that guy, they hired Dan Curry to they called him up and goes, "We're making Picard season three. We need you to create a new weapon for Worf." 
We want something, a twin, we want the Klingon version of a samurai sword. Oh, Think, okay. you know, kind of essentially. Like, we want that, which well, more of like a broadsword because it's a Klingon, but it's like, but it's like we essentially need the Klingon version of a, of a katana that he can carry on his oh, back. Okay. So he, he has it, so he spends the entire series, he's, the entire series, he has a sword on his back that he is just taking off Sweet. and killing people. Like, the first, the, the first time you see him, he beheads people. Like, it's not like, it's not like the wharf that always, like, would get pushed over like this. And, he, like, the mighty Klingon warrior that would get punched oh. once in the chest and he'd be laying on the ground. It's, he fights. Oh, wow. Awesome. If you can hear that noise, that is our uh, drones descending back upon your property. Uh, apparently, uh, we just received intel from our audiovisual uh, electronic department that um, uh, uh, this this character has tried to call quote, quote call us off. Uh, first of all, uh, we are a part of the Galactic Federation. Uh, we use this frequency to communicate with those beings who can hear us. There's no possible way this uh, uh, Jacques uh, Nicholson uh, would have been able to uh, hear any of our dialogue, let alone uh, being able to tap into its uh, frequency. So, uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please disregard. Uh, but this is your friend Carl Sagan once again. Hey, listen, I just sent up a message to your old buddy Carl Sagan, who apparently has been spying on this whole, this whole time. I, did you hear that? That wasn't a bird. That was artificial intelligence, man, I'm telling you. Now, hopefully man behind the machine is not listening to this, but I gotta say, to those who are listening in, I called off Carl Sagan. I didn't want him spying on Man Behind the Machine. I didn't want it to be uh, obvious, okay, that we're tapped in, uh, uh, that we're listening in on Man Behind the Machine's motivations, salutations, and congratulations uh, during all of his, uh, what do you call it, uh, precipitation applications, all right? It's his business. However, my business is cracking the code. And I'm leaving it up to you, dear listener, to help me figure it out. Good day. Uh, hello, weary traveler. Uh, man behind the machine. Uh, we have, in fact, tapped into uh, a secret uh, a frequency, as my as my French Jupiterians here say, um, uh, frequency. We've tapped into it, uh, and it turns out uh, uh, a certain man has been making accusations about you, and so now we have our satellites. Uh, should I see orbiting your premises? That is right. Wave out the door, and you shall see uh, what some consider drones. These are, uh, in fact, biological entities. <laughs>